I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, July 11th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so bad news, everyone. Our reputation is the world's most favored tourist might be in jeopardy after a Canadian team carved his name into a temple in Nara, Japan. A similar vandalism incident involving a UK man carving Ivan plus Haley 23 into Rome's Colosseum likely hasn't helped the country's own reputational crisis. In Amsterdam, UK tourists, specifically male tourists, are being actively dissuaded from visiting the city. So it's always tough to see a Canadian in the news for doing something really stupid abroad. Are you always on your best behavior when you travel, Jay? I am always on my best behavior when I travel, and I'm very cognizant of I being American, of our reputation on the road. And as soon as I could, which means on our honeymoon, I affixed a Canadian flag to my backpack. <laughs> that was one of the big advantages of marrying a Canadian, is traveling without being the ugly American on the road. So I am on my best behavior. Are you? Some might say, Jay, that's stolen valor, considering you don't actually hold a Canadian passport. But yeah, I'm on that. I'm pretty. I'm pretty well behaved. I think I'm probably worse behaved in America, if I'm being honest. Like, I, <laughs> because I've seen I feel your pictures like from Nashville. You get the license. You feel like you have license to for some reason. But otherwise, I'm pretty good. I try to blend in where I can, but I never do. You know, in the end, I walk around and I'm like, we're tourists. Everyone knows we're tourists, and that's okay. And I accept. Well, I mean, not to travel with you at any time soon. Brian, aside from our travel behaviors, what do we have for Pete Pals today? For our first story, Post Media and Nord Star call things off. For our second story, the U.S. shatters Ukraine's NATO dreams. And for our last story, the economic cost of wildfires pile up. For our first story, like an uncertain bride and groom, Canada's two biggest newspaper publishers got cold feet and have called off their wedding. That was very brief relationship, Brett. What's the latest? I think it was two weeks. Post Media and Nordstar, owner of the Toronto Star, officially ended talks to become one after failing to come to an agreement on the terms of the proposed merger. Now, to catch you up, the publishing powerhouses sought to combine forces to fend off an existential threat facing the greater news industry, which is a fancy way to say falling readers and ad dollars. Now, Post Media in particular saw the merger as a way to help pay off its $288 million in debt. The now dead deal would have combined Post Media's publications with Nordstar's Metroland Media, with Post Media shareholders owning a 56% share. A new entity would have to be formed to independently manage editorial operations at the Star. And it matters because the fact Canada's two biggest publishers even considered taking such a drastic measure, it just speaks to the dire state of the newspaper industry in Canada. Over 450 Canadian news outlets have closed since 2008, including 65 in just the past two years, many of which were owned by either Post Media or Nordstar. And revenue streams from subscriptions are drying up too, with a new report finding that the share of Canadians who pay for online news dropped from 15%, which is already very low, to 11% last year. Plus, there's that whole Online News Act debacle, which could further result in Meta and Google blocking news content from being seen, further killing the flow of ad dollars. Now, the bottom line is an ailing news industry is bad news for Canadians trying to keep informed in an era of rising misinformation. Good thing we're here. Yeah. For our second story, the economic costs of Canada's wildfires are starting to pile up. Now, here's what's driving the news, Brett. Per the New York Times, Canada's record bad start to its wildfire season, 20 million acres burned already, with 155,800 people evacuated, and almost a billion dollars in firefighting costs, highlights the mounting pressures that come from worsening natural disasters. And it matters because wildfires are not only incurring high financial costs, but upending Canada's oil and gas operations, reducing the available timber harvest, dampening the tourist industry, and straining healthcare systems. Flood and heat waves pose similar risks. 
And here's what the economists are saying. According to the Canadian Climate Institute, climate-related costs are expected to mount to $25 billion in 2025, cutting economic growth in half. By 2050, they forecast 500,000 jobs lost, mostly from lowered productivity tied to excessive heat and higher taxes required to repair the damage. Impacts on timber production could impact the construction of new homes, while record immigration continues to ramp up demand for housing supply. Weather events are also causing insurers to flee affected markets. Some insurers have stopped offering home insurance for those living near a wildfire-affected region, while up to 10% of Canadian homes are currently uninsurable for flood-related risks. Now to zoom out. What? It was once thought that rising temperatures could actually benefit Canada, creating longer farming seasons and milder winters. But more volatile weather from June snowfalls in Alberta to hurricanes in the Atlantic coast wipes out any potential gains. For our third story, today marks the start of a two-day NATO summit where leaders will discuss the day's most pressing issue. And no, it's not Barbie versus Oppenheimer, it's Ukraine's odds of joining the alliance. Brett, where does Ukraine and NATO stand? So Ukraine's path to NATO membership is rockier than it may have initially thought after both U.S. and German leaders said the country wasn't ready to be let in. Ukraine officially applied for membership last September, with Vladimir Zelensky requesting entry into the security pact once its war with Russia ended. The subject of Ukraine's readiness for membership has created a split among NATO nations, and the lack of any promises on the matter could lead Zelensky skipping the summit. And it matters because membership means Ukraine will be protected under NATO's mutual defense clause, which could trigger a full-fledged war between Russian members like Canada. But Ukraine argues that this threat of retaliation is exactly what's necessary to stop Russian expansion into not just Ukraine, but other parts of Eastern Europe. Now to zoom out. Another hot topic at the summit will be military spending. NATO will reportedly unveil a new agreement recommitting member nations to 2% of GDP spending. That's the new target. In Canada, military spending has never reached that level and isn't on track to. That's why Canada has reportedly been lobbying NATO for months now to expand the scope of what military spending entails to include stuff like space, cybersecurity, and AI research. Big Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you get a second one, follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thank you, Brett, and have a great day, Peak Pals. Peak Pals.